What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with M over Zoom video. M was born and raised in Michigan and talks about how she got into music, comes from a very musical household. Her dad is an opera singer. Her mom plays the harp, both professionally. She's got a lot of music and her family started playing piano at age five and started writing songs almost immediately. She later picked up guitar. She performed in some girl groups, a girl band, ended up moving to New York. While still a teenager, she did school online, graduated early, moved to New York. And once she got to New York, M was put into writing sessions and really built this development deal for herself. After being jerked around quite a bit uh, between management and false promises within the industry, M decided to go completely independent. She fully funds everything she does creatively with her music, with the music videos she does, live performance. We talk about the three mixtapes she's released, the three videos that create a short film that she's put together, and all about her brand new single, which is called Loser with a Z. You can watch our interview with M on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with M. This is a podcast about you and uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new song and everything else you have uh, coming up. Cool. Sounds great. Amazing. Um, so I always start off with your uh, born and raised. I, I think I saw Michigan area or something. We were born and raised in Michigan. Yeah, I'm from Traverse City, Michigan. Okay. What's it like there? What was it like there? Um, Traverse City's in northern Michigan, so it's right on the water. I don't know oh, if cool. you've ever been to Michigan. It's so beautiful. It's almost like a vacation town. Like okay. there to go on vacation and experience the water. And like, it's almost like it's as beautiful as Maui, I always say, but people just don't know about it. So it's like Maui with empty beaches three months of the year. And then the other nine months of the year, it's just ridiculous levels of snow. Yeah. Freezing cold. I have family in Cleveland area. So uh, you're on what? the Because uh, they're, they're on Lake Erie's. You're on another, the other great lake. I can't Lake Michigan, probably. Yeah. We're on Lake <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So would you like, so being that close to the water, was that something you, you took advantage of as a kid? Oh yeah, for sure. Like you spend all your summers, the whole summer on the water and, and whatever direction you drive, like in five to 10 minutes, you will hit some kind of a lake or a, you know, so I, either a big one or a small one. You never really know, but yeah, you'll hit something. So yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and what about, sorry, go ahead. It, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's great. It's great. When it comes to music, do you come from a musical household or a creative household at all? Yeah. So my, my dad's an opera singer. My mom's a harpist. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my sister's a singer as well. And my brother, he doesn't do music, but yeah, it's, they're all musicians. So lots and lots of music growing up. And I grew up um, around this school called Interlochen Center for the Arts, which is basically like my dad's been the head of the voice department there forever. And kids come from all over the world, like prodigies to study there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I grew up with a lot of kids who like practice the piano 12 hours a day and shit like that, you know? Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was great for like my musical roots because I just got such great exposure to amazing musicians and the classical and to jazz and, you know, like real music is really 
it's great for when you become an artist because you just have so much to pull from. Were you, did you learn uh, like classical music? I mean, were you trained classically on any instrument or anything? I mean, did you play harp or sing opera or anything like that? Yeah. So I'm classically trained as a singer um, lifelong. And then I started playing piano when I was five because all classical musicians make their kids play the piano. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I started playing piano at five and then I was immediately writing songs like the week I started to play piano. And um, then I started guitar at 12 and then I became a producer when I was like 15. I got Logic and started working on Logic. Wow. So this has been something you've been striving for or doing your entire life, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a, a hobby. <laughs> well, yeah, I know not a hobby, but I need to be like five and be like, okay, I, this is piano, but I'm also going to start writing songs. Yeah. I knew what I was going to do from really young, for sure. I started a girl group when I was eight. So oh, really? Yeah, I've been focused <laughs> for my whole life. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when, aside from that girl group, were you doing any other band type projects? Uh, as oh, a yeah. Kid? Yeah, I was in a girl band as well, which was really dope, uh, singing lead and playing lead guitar. And that was really fun. Um, and obviously, just like educationally, I was like constantly in all kinds of classes and constantly in lessons. Like I'm, I was raised as a hardcore musician. So that's like more my background. Okay. And did you go to like Berkeley or anything like that to continue your study or no? No. So I left as a really young teenager. I left school early and graduated early online and moved to New York um, because I got opportunities to work in the music industry out there. Super young. Yeah. What were you doing out in New York, if you don't mind talking about it? Uh, I started, I guess what you could call like traditional artist development. So like I was recording every day. I was working with a lot of managers and producers and learning about branding, learning about like, uh, I, I guess I won't say who, cause I don't know if they'd want me to say, but I started around a really prolific camp of people in the industry and they just let me like sit in their meetings and like learn about the business. They let me sit in sessions with bigger artists and like watch them. And it was really, it was such a unique education and it was a huge blessing. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, being like immersed in it all. Not well, you're not going to learn that at a, a school or conservatory. Right. Like that, yeah. Probably. Wow. And okay. So like, from yeah, go, go ahead. I was going to say, and like being from a small town, like my small town was fourteen thousand people who were like ninety eight percent white. Like outside of Interlochen, which was mul- very multicultural, the rest of my life was very like one dimensional as far as the types of people that I was around. So when I moved to New York, it was great because like I got to be around all different types of people. And I think that that exposure that young is like so good for you just to like realize there's other religions and there's, you know, cause where I'm from is very conservative. Like everyone kind of thinks the same, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really, it was really great for me. Wow. And then when you're in New York and, and doing the uh, working in this, in this uh, space, were you like writing and releasing songs at that point? Or like, how does your, how do you start really building your own like artist project? Um, I started off doing demos. The goal was like, let's do a demo that's good enough to submit to labels. Right. Like that's like always the goal, at least back then that was like the goal. Right. Um, and yeah, it's I changed quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's changed so much. Um, but I just started, I really loved producing and I ended up just spending hours and hours and hours and months locked in a room, just producing and writing and really falling in love with the craft of like making full songs by myself, which I don't think there's a lot of other young girls doing that at the time. Like I didn't know any female producers, no one my age. So it was kind of lonely. Um, but I think it, 
it empowered me because all of a sudden I was able to make songs without having to wait for a producer or come up with the money to pay someone to help me or find an engineer. Like I empowered myself really, really young to be able to do it by myself. So I, I wasn't dependent on anyone. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, like uh, for women in the industry trying, especially pr- being a producer, like I feel like if I show up with my Mac book and I'm like, oh, you know, I have GarageBand, I can make some beats like I'm a producer now. Like it's easier for me to just make some shit up about how I'm a producer versus like if you're a female in the industry trying to say, oh, I'm a producer. It's like, oh, well, you know, you have to prove yourself a bit more. A thousand percent. Like I've been in industry meetings, like with heads of massive publishing companies or labels. I remember one time I was meeting with the head of a huge publishing company he was the president at the time and they asked me to play my music and I played them some songs and I played them some stuff that I had produced. And they said like, wow, that one of the songs are like, wow, that's incredible. And then they said, who did the production? And I said, I did it. And then they were like, oh, it's all right. We could have someone come in and reproduce it. And I was like, it really changed. Whoa, like really? it totally changed their perception of the quality of the song. That's wild. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm sure that happens all the time, but to oh, hear, totally. have it firsthand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's that must have put it like a sour taste in your mouth. I mean, as far as that goes, like at that point, do you, if you were to show other people your songs, I mean, or having that response, were you ever hesitant of being like, oh, I produce it or do you not even care? Uh, I just don't bring it up anymore. And even like when I co-produce on stuff with other male producers now, which is like almost all my sessions, I'm giving a lot of opinions and feedback. And if they'll let me behind the the computer, some won't, you know, I'll do my thing. Um, But a lot of times it will be like, they will never mention that I helped on production at all, but they might give themselves credit as a writer or something. So it's like, there's always that inequality. And the thing is like, even if I know I don't fight for it because it's like, even if I say like, yeah, I produced on this, like we co-produced it, whatever, they're still going to assume he did everything because that's just how people think. So it's like, you know, fuck it. I don't, it's whatever, you know? Right. Oh, right. I'm allowed to swear. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, of course you can swear. <laughs> yeah, you can swear. <laughs> don't apologize. Okay. Um, and because what you've done for yourself is is amazing, and you've done this all independently, right? You put all your music out independently. Yeah, I'm totally independent, totally self funded. It's That's all amazing. it's not my daddy's money. <laughs> sure, but I, I mean, even like a label or anybody, it's just all you. Yeah. And what you've achieved is so inspiring. That's cool. Thank you. I never uh, feel like I've done anything, but I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. So you're in New York and um, how long do you, are you there? Do you stay there for, are you putting music out when you're there or like, when does your M like M start or was it already a project when you were living in New York? It wasn't, I was just developing for a long time. And like a lot of people held me back from releasing music for years and years because I just kept saying like, you're not ready. You're not ready when I was a teenager or it'd be like, Oh, we're going to sign to this label. And then I'd wait a year and then it, nothing would happen. And then it's like, okay, I just lost a year. So I didn't actually start putting out music until like 2018 or 2019, because I was like, I just can't fucking wait anymore. Like I can't do it. I can't keep waiting on other people. Actually in 2016, I did drop a mixtape. Um, but that was more just like, I'm just going to put this out and not do anything for it and like, let it live. It wasn't like I was taking it super seriously, like getting it out to the world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for a long time, it was just getting jerked around and like being put in and out of different deals and all these different types of men. This was like pre me too. So it was like a lot of different men just coming in and being like, you need to change your hair color. You need to gain weight. You need to lose weight. You need to get this done and get that done and sound like this and sound like, like they didn't ask me at all, like who I wanted to be. It was always like who they thought I should be. And it never worked because it wasn't authentic, you know? Right. Yeah. So that was like the big issue that I had that really held me back for a long time. Yeah. Especially when you have people that are almost like gatekeepers in the industry, like up here telling you, oh, you know, you need to sound more like X artist or you need to look like this artist or you need to do what this person's doing. Right. Yeah. That would be so hard. Yeah. It's never like, oh, let's do be the first to do something new. It's always like, let's copy what this person did that was safe, you know, and that's right. A hundred percent. I come from radio. I was on the radio for um, 17 years before this podcast started to really take over um and it was similar it was like no one wanted to take a chance like oh well oh this radio station why we're not going to play that why not well no we don't know if it's going to be a hit we haven't tested it or it's like who cares just be the first one to do it why do you need to like wait around and see if somebody somebody else will play it and then if it becomes a hit then you're second in line you know what i mean right and then they have so much admiration for like the artists that do blow it's like, wow, they made it. They did it. And it's like, well, you could have been a part of that, but you were too scared. So right. Like, exactly. Why do you, you do you respect those people or are you, I don't know. It's just interesting. The fear of risk is really interesting in, in music. Yeah. There, it's a huge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then you eventually just say, you know what? I'm going to put my own stuff. I don't really care. I got pissed. Like I was just so, I, I had gone through like four different managers. One had literally stolen my car and gone on crack binge. One I had for two years and then he decided to retire like right when things started moving. One, I had a deal on the table with a major label and then he moved to Europe and it fucked up the deal. Like I had just gone through so many bad experiences. I was sexually assaulted in in the studio, like all that stuff that happens to young women in music. I mean, it's, it's, oh my gosh, but it's really not. It's like that happens to almost every young girl that I know in music has been assaulted in one way or another. Um, And it's a huge problem. Yeah, that's. I'm just the only one who talks about it. Like most of us don't talk about it, but I don't fucking care. So yeah, it's just, it's a big problem. So I would just, at that point, I was like, I realized if I want to win in the way that I want without having to sacrifice my sanity, I was going to have to make money and pay the people and get shit done myself. So then I figured out how to make money. And uh, I became really, really successful as an influencer very, very quickly and used that money to start to fund everything. And I've d- been able to do all these amazing, massive projects without labels. And I'm hiring hundreds of people a year. And I've been doing this now since 2019. So it's it's been great, actually, to be able to not have to depend on anyone. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's amazing. So you, start, you started making money as an influencer, and then you were able to now obviously fund everything you're doing. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible. I did see the like three music videos you put out, like the act one, two, and three, okay. and the production on that, and the the way it's like just look reading about you, and then being like, oh wow, she does everything and funds it all herself. Like the production and what's happening in those videos, I was like, damn, like this had to cost a bunch of money, but then to it, do it to fund it yourself is wild. Yeah, it's really expensive, but it's also like if a label was doing it, they would have spent way more because we do everything on skeleton crews. My, my team, like we all do like five different jobs. I do like 10 different jobs, you know, and we did that during the pandemic. So it was like, we had to no use skeleton crews for everything. Like 
it was really hard, but it was really, really fun. That project was really special. Yeah, it's a very cool project. You've put out you had three mixtapes out. Um, and then the song or the 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 way that the act one, two, and three are set up are based off of the name of each of the mixtapes. Is that what I remember? Yes. So basically, like I created a universe. So I have characters, Emerald, Ruby, and Sapphire, and then Diamond. And each one has a mixtape. And then we created a short film that's four different music videos to tell the story of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one character, which is me, and it's different iterations of growth. So it's like every time that I get in the next gem, I achieve a certain level of growth and level up and then become the next character um, with the goal of becoming Diamond. So Diamond is not done. That's the body of work I'm working on right now. Um, okay. So that's kind of what what we're working towards. I was wondering because the end of act, the, it was it's end on act three. Yeah. And the you have a diamond. Yeah. So that's what's so coming. Okay. Very, yeah. very cool. Very cool. And the story is like grown so much behind the scenes. Like there's so much more that it's gonna live as than just that story. So I'm I'm really excited about that. When you went into um doing these mixtapes, did you, was that a concept from that point? I mean to do Emerald, Ruby, Sapphire, and then Diamond. Like when you put out the first one, was it just like, oh, i I'm gonna name it this, and then did it kind of evolve from the beginning? So I I had like a little squad I was working with in LA that was like, we were all super up and coming, like one up and coming writer, one up and coming producer and myself. And the three of us just like locked ourselves in a room and we did like 50 or 60 songs in a very short amount of time, maybe like six months. So I was like working three jobs, going to the studio, writing. And then we got so much done though, because we were just having a blast and I had no plan for it. I was like, I I guess we'll send this to publishers or labels or whatever. I didn't know. And then uh, one night I was asleep and at like 2.30 in the morning, I woke up and I just knew that I was supposed to do these mixtapes. And I like went and I got a pen. I like wrote down the whole, the whole vision, just like it was there. So it was really weird. It was like, I dreamed it or something. And then I told my friends about it. I was like, what do you think about this idea? And they're like, mm, it's all right. And I, I was like, fuck you guys. I'm doing it anyway. Like, I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I just ran with it. And I put out the first mixtape after that. Wow. Yeah. And we picked like does... 30 of the good songs that, that I felt like were good enough. And then to see the songs doing really well, that must have been a pretty validating moment. It's validating, but I also know how hard I hustled to make sure that they did well. Like because of the oversaturation now with music, it's like you have to hustle so hard just to give a song a chance if you don't have like certain hookups, you know, mm-hmm. and I, didn't, I have no I had no hookups whatsoever. Like everything for me is like we're just going to figure it out, you know. So, yeah, I'm grateful that they've done well. But I know like if I was lazy, they definitely they might not have moved the same way, you know? Yeah. So just because it's all done. Yeah. By you. self promotion yeah. and uh, writing, releasing, producing all the stuff is done in house. Yeah. That's amazing. With with that. Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting now because like you were saying earlier, you were in like a development deal and then that people are coming in and telling you you should do this or you should do this uh, with social media and TikTok and different the these these platforms give people such a different I mean, I mean nowadays it's like you could put a song out and it goes viral and have no nothing and then now it's it's the safety thing right now the labels are like oh hey like you have this happening now yeah like have you i'm sure you've gotten a lot of that since doing everything independently and then having stuff work or people coming back like out of the woodwork like oh hey em how's it going like 
Um, sometimes it depends. I mean, there's definitely a whole crop of people, mostly in Los Angeles and New York that like hit me up when something does well, or when they see that I like hit a certain number, but I just think of those people as like not bold enough to get on the train. So like, get the fuck out of my way. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, right, you're not right. rocking with me when I'm doing shitty, then you're not going to eat with me when I'm doing well. Um, so I pretty much ignore them. Um, and as far as like things going viral and your shit blowing up really quick, like I would love, obviously I would love for that to happen, but I think that I'm also prepared for that to happen. And a lot of times when that happens to young artists, like they're not really prepared and like they haven't laid the groundwork of like really connecting with fans. And I think like one of the worst things that could happen is like your shit blows up. One song blows up. It goes to number one, whatever from TikTok, And then the fans are like, oh, that's the person with the song. And they don't right. know, you You know, I don't want to be known for one song. Like I want to build a real career. So to me, it's like about one-on-one getting to know people and having them come to shows, like building real, like friends, you know, fan, they're fans, but they're friends. Yeah. It's having the longevity as much. Uh, I would imagine people would want to strive for that. Right. Instead of having, Oh, I had this one song that did really well on TikTok, And then I had nothing else to show for it or, uh, but, Oh, I've been doing this for 10 years and I've, all my songs continually grow. And if you have that, like you said, when you, if you have the moment of millions of people upon millions of people, like hitting a song in one set, like a day or whatever, then you have the back catalog and you've done the work and you have everything else to show. Right. And I got the next one ready. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. Right. Yeah. You're like, already okay, in the game. You think this one's good. Listen to the one I did last week. That's better. You know? Right. Right. I know. I think it's interesting to see a lot of young artists, how it's, some of them will be that right you're the one song from the whatever tiktok song or very few are coming out of like oh now i have 10 hits or now i've made it to this level yeah and a lot of times too it's just like a lack of infrastructure like you just don't have the team to support the success that's hitting you you know Mm -hmm. and then it's really hard to keep it up yeah no definitely um, so you have Diamond is what then is it going to be a mixtape or are you even able to talk about it? I don't know. Diamond, <laughs> uh, we can worry about it next year, but it's like a proper album and we've got some incredible, you know, highly decorated whatever producers on it. And I'm I'm really excited. It's a great body of work. And in the meantime, I'm putting out a bunch of great music, too. So I'm excited. Yeah, I love this uh, most recent song you put out, Loser with a Z. Oh, thanks. It's very yeah. funny. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. And at the very end of the song, I had to listen to it like I, it caught me off guard because at the end, it just kind of cuts like, yeah. before you finish. And I was like, oh, what? I'm, I'm like, such a fucking. And I'm, I, like, yeah. and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, shit. It really did do that like that. And I thought that was so rad. It like, really grabbed my attention because I was listening to it. I was kind of doing other things like what did my computer just do something weird? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just I think like, it's a cool people. song. Thank you. It was really fun to make. Yeah. T- well, yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, it's very bold and in, in, in the lyrics and stuff and kind of, you know, funny and at, at parts, but I'm sure it's a serious and it's obviously a serious song as well. I mean, I don't think of it as a serious. I think of it as just like this shit made me laugh to write. So I'm going to put it out. You know, I just like I like saying the things that no one else would be comfortable to say. And like same for the lyric video. We did like a little performance where I'm just dancing naked in a cape and a um and like a space helmet. Yeah, and, and you have like the blur the like scribbled yeah. marks over you. 
Yeah, I just like, I thought it would be funny. And I thought like most girls wouldn't do this because they look stupid and girls are always expected to like look put together and look hot and whatever. I'm like, well, what if this time I just don't try to look hot and I just have fun, you know, and be like an idiot because I feel like guys would totally do that. And there's no pressure on them to like look a certain, like to everyone will just think it's funny. But when it's a girl, you're almost kind of like a little bit horrified by it, which I kind of love. (laughs) <laughs> but the i mean the lyrics are you have some like self-deprecating i mean i'm such a fucking loser is the hook of the song yeah but then right. it says i'd rather be a freak than to be like you so it's like i'm a loser but i i like that i love who i am a hundred percent and i think like that is really important to just be able to embrace all your quirks and like embrace that you're not that fucking cool all the time like i feel like in la especially everyone's always trying to be like super cool I'm mm-hmm. like, that's great, but I've, I was homeschooled. Like I've never been that cool. <laughs> so I had to just, you know, create a safe space for people like me. Yeah. I think it's a cool song and I, everything you've done is rad. That act three of that trilogy of songs you put together, like it was hard. Like, I mean, the, that piece, that, that video, I was like, damn, like it gets pretty dark there for a little yeah. bit. I mean, I can't, like, I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of hard to watch, but it, I mean, obviously, it's real life, and um, you're saying things that are showing things probably not a lot of people want to talk about. Yeah, I think that's my job is just to say the things and talk about the things that maybe make people a little like people have shame around or fear around. I think it's that if you can bring those things to the light, it removes the shame, it removes the fear. You know, it's like me too. It's like just saying, yeah, this is a problem, and you're mm-hmm. not alone. Right. Right. Yeah. And with the songs you have coming up like are you going to release more like singles like is loser going to be a part of the diamond record or is that just kind of a single that you wanted to put out or like what do you have coming up as far as music releases go i'm putting out a shitload of great music and (laughs) now none of it's on diamond diamond is something that i'm working towards behind the scenes for now Um, and I just wanted to, I think when you're crafting an album, there's a lot of great songs that you're like, oh, I love this song. It's so fun, but maybe it's not the right fit for the the specific body of work I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think today, especially with algorithms and like the way that it is as a new artist without a label is like, you got to keep putting out music. So I'm happy to like share the journey of the stuff that maybe doesn't, didn't make the album, but it's still great. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And you have, well, you have a show coming up in a month or two at the Roxy in LA, which is huge. Yeah, it's so iconic. I can't believe it. Yeah, that'll be exciting. July 12th. And do you have something big planned for the show? I mean, theatrical, I would imagine, just based off the videos and stuff I've seen of you. Yeah, I'm very, like, I'm, um, I love performance art. I don't know if you saw the performance I did with the live bugs. I, like, performed in a tank of live, a casket full of live bugs. Um, no, I'll have to check that out. Oh, it's really dope. Actually, it's the same song as Act Three. So it's that song End. End. Okay. Yeah, it's a really just like really dope performance. I'm really proud of it. But I I my show is very similar. Like everything is performance art inspired. Um, so there's like a whole story for my full show. I'm not doing my full show at the Roxy. I only have 40 minutes, but um my full show, like it it has a whole storyline that follows the same story as the um the short film so oh, wow. everything's like themed yeah that's cool and you have another project too the genesis i don't know if you want to talk about that at all i don't think i can talk about okay. it yet 
but I do have a top secret project that I'm really excited for and really proud of. And I think is probably the most profound thing I've ever done. And I've been working on it for like a year and a half. So that should be out soon. Wow. That's exciting. Well, I can't yeah. wait to see that. And that's, I have to go Jack, check out that video. You said it's live. Is it a live performance from the, yeah, the it's on my YouTube. It, yeah, it I'm going to look at it right after this. That's in people that's think cool. it's a music video. I'm like, no, I'm really singing. Like that was really hard. <laughs> yeah. Where was it filmed? Was it live, like live, just live for the video or were you it actually was, performing somewhere? Uh, there was no audience. If that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, basically, like we mic me up and everything and do the performance as if there is an audience. But um, this cool. one, we had to pause twice because we have to take care of the bugs and make sure that they don't get hurt. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so they had to like fill the, the casket with all the bugs and stuff. So you have to like pause for a minute. And then they, at one point, they like put closed the cover of the casket and like left me in there for like three minutes and I wanted to kill them. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know, whatever, whatever works for the visual. It was beautiful. It was really, really great. Wow. Well, um, I can't wait to check it out. Thank you again so much Em, for doing this too. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's like, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, this has been great. I have one more question for you though, before I leave. Okay. Uh, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, figure out what success means to you because success means different things to everyone. And if you have a certain, I think if you just have this like pie in the sky, for lack of a better term, um, idea of success, like I'm going to play the Staples Center. I don't know. You just, you need like concrete things that you're like, this is a win. And I think sometimes when you have a really big dream, especially, it can be really hard to just celebrate the little wins and then you get discouraged because you feel like you're not making progress. So I would say just like learn to celebrate the little wins and know what success means to you. Like is this, is, is success for you happiness? Is it peace of mind? Is it having a home? Is it material things? Like so that you have your goalposts. Because otherwise, if you don't really know what success is, you're probably just going to be like really miserable. <laughs>